Chut, chut, everyone. Welcome to Tuscan Radio. I am your host, Drew Gretsch. And today I'm talking about Star Wars news and um, just my, you know, after review, my after the afterthoughts on the Book of Boba Fett season one. Season one is over. I'll be talking about it in full spoiler details, but first, uh, talking about some news. Starting off with the, the biggest news, uh, there wasn't honestly a whole lot of news, but there was a pretty big piece of news. Um, Disney updated their release schedule for the next few years, and on that release schedule. Star Wars Rogue Squadron is still slated for December 22nd, 2023. Star Wars Rogue Squadron is still slated for December 22nd, 2023. You guys know my policy. I don't consider Star Wars to be real until it's wrapped filming. Star Wars is not real to me until it is completed filming. So the only Star Wars we have right now is actually coming out is Kenobi and Andor. That is it. Because Mando Season 3 is still in in production. They're still filming The Mandalorian Season 3. But right now, so that's not real Star Wars me yet. We're not getting it until it's done filming. If if, if that makes sense, you guys, just because there are so many things that just don't happen. So... Yeah, looks like Rogue Squadron is still set for 2023. Um, you know, we have about... Oh, we have about a year and nine months until this movie releases. If if this movie's still happening, I'm expecting to get a lot of announcements at Star Wars Celebration this year. Because they'll have to start filming in, like, August. The filming will have to start in August if this movie's going to come out next year. Oh my god, I'm saying next year for new Star Wars movie. That's crazy. Um, if, if Rogue Squadron is coming out next year, they have to start shooting this summer. Because you look at when all the other... When the other four Star Wars that were released in December, because I, I don't really want to do that math for Solo right now. But you look at when... um. The Force Awakens, Rogue One, The Last Jedi in there as a Skywalker started filming. They all started shooting around, you know, mid to late summer of the year before. Except for The Last Jedi, because that was supposed to come out like six or seven months sooner, and it got delayed. So, we don't know yet. On Rogue Squadron, we know that Patty Jenkins has actually, um, she's no longer directing her Cleopatra film. Who who's directing now? I, I believe it's another Star Wars director. Who's directing Cleopatra? But she's now just uh, producing it. Who's directing? Uh, yeah. So Cleopatra. Oh no, it's not another Star Wars director, but uh, it's being directed by Kari Skogland, who uh, directed the Falcon and the Winter Soldier last year for Disney Plus. So yeah. Um. But yeah, is Patty Jenkins even still credited as a... Pro- yeah, so she's still a, a producer. She's still a producer. 
Um, and then Wonder Woman 3, I believe isn't even set to start shooting until, like, mid-2020. 3 is, is what I think I read? For release date for, like, 2025. So, yeah, it, it looks like maybe this problem has been solved. I hope. Where, you know, Patty Jenkins will start shooting Rogue Squadron this summer. And then after that's done, she'll begin work on Wonder Woman 3 for DC. Which, by the way, um, Monday, over on the Another Marvel podcast uh, feed, I'll be dropping the review for The Batman. I saw this movie on Thursday. I absolutely adore it. So I'll be reviewing that on Monday. It'll, it'll say it released on Sundays, but I switch around some release dates sometimes. So, yeah, it looks like Rogue Squadron is still set for a December 2023 release date, which is actually pretty funny because Star Trek Four is also being released on that same day. Which I think would be super cool. Because there have been times where, you know, a Marvel movie and a Star Wars movie, or not, where a Marvel movie and a DC movie have come out close to the same time. Uh, the most notable example being um, May 6, 2016 was a contested release date between Batman v Superman and Captain America Civil War. And Batman v Superman was moved up by about six weeks. And, you know, this November, I believe, we're going to be getting um, The Flash November 4th and then a Marvel movie November 11th. Notice how I didn't specify which Marvel movie. Anyway. Um, yeah, so I, I think it'd be, it, it could be fun to see a Star Wars and a Star Trek go up against each other. I don't think it's going to happen, though. Because it, it's not like Star Trek is going to fail and Star Wars is going to succeed or vice versa. Both both films will suffer from that. Both films will suffer from that. So maybe Star Trek gets moved up a bit or you know Star Wars could get pushed back a little bit. We'll see if both these movies even happen. So I, I think there, there's a chance that neither of these movies happen because... Paramount actually announced this movie to be starring the original cast without telling the original cast. And by original cast, I mean uh, the 2009 cast with, like, Chris Pine. So, yeah. <laughs> that uh, could be quite... That, that could be quite the predicament. Um, another piece of news came out this weekend that really excites me. Jim O'Hare has reportedly joined the cast of The Mandalorian Season 3. Um, during a conversation between uh, Jim O'Hare and his Parks and Recreation co-host or co-star Rob Lowe on the podcast Parks and Recollection, um, he revealed that he was playing, um, you know so what he actually said was, oh, shoot, I don't know if I, you know what, let's see if I can actually just pull up this, um, 
this segment right here. So I couldn't find, I, I, I could not find the actual clip. What he says is, oh shoot, I don't know if I'm allowed to say where I am. I can say a state. I'm in a state, New Mexico, I don't know. Um, and then Rob Lowe went on to say, I will say, Jim, I know what you're working on. And it rhymes with the latest installment of Bar Wars. So using deductive reasoning and trying to figure out what is actually filming right now, Kenobi's wrapped and or is wrapped. The only thing that's filming is the third season of The Mandalorian. So it looks like we're missing Jim O'Hare in um, The Mandalorian Season 3, which I, I think is really fun. Uh, <laughs> this show's had so many uh, like comedian cameos, and I don't really know if Jim O'Hare's done um, a, a lot of stand-up work. But, you know, he's mostly in comedies. I, I think the big one being Parks and Recreation, which is an amazing show. So, yeah, uh, Jim O'Hare joined the cast of Mando Season 3. It's going to be awesome. I, I, hope it'll, I hope that'll be fun. Uh, we have a piece of news here about Star Wars Eclipse. Star Wars Eclipse may not be released for like five years. Um, so coming, so this is coming from X-Fire, um, and it's been said that Star Wars Eclipse's internal release window is likely now somewhere between 2027 and 2028. When the project was first announced a couple months back, it was made clear that Quantic Dream was only just getting started on the game's development. However, since announcing the title, Quantic Dream has reportedly had difficulties when it comes to bringing aboard new staff members. As such, the release of Star Wars Eclipse has now potentially been impacted, which has led to this new reported launch window. Um, and now we're getting this from comicbook.com. For many fans, this new report will likely prompt questions excuse me, about why Star Wars Eclipse was even announced in the first place if it's still so far away. In general sense, the game's first trailer was shown off by Quantic Dream as a way of alluring, pe of alluring people to come work with Studio. In addition, though... X-Fire reports the trailer was unveiled as a way of Quantum to trying to attract buyers. During a time when video game acquisitions are running rampant, Quantum is said to be looking to join a larger corporation as well. As such, the Star Wars Eclipse trailer is meant to give a small taste of what the studio is capable of in pursuit of being snatched up. So... I'm going to talk about something I've never really brought up on this podcast. I brought it up on another world podcast a few times, but never on Tuscan Radio. I will not be playing Star Wars Eclipse. I will not be playing this game. Some of you may have heard of the of the um Hashtag blackout Star Wars Eclipse movement. And what blackout Star Wars Eclipse is refers to how the CEO of Quantic Dream 
Um, who is the CEO? Uh, David Cage and executive producer uh, Guillaume de Fondemir. I, I've butchered his name. So they were at the center of these allegations of racism, sexism, homophobia. So, I this so this is it's coming to us here from IGN just because I, I like to quote to quote my sources. Uh, Cage allegedly had a certain attitude toward female employees, told dirty jokes, and had inappropriate remarks about few female actors in his games, as well as homophobic and racist remarks. However, Cage has said that these allegations are false. David Cage and Mister Unpronounceable have since won a a libel case against French publication Le Monde. But another media outlet reporting on workplace issues, Mediapart, was cleared of all charges. Even so, users have been using the hashtag to voice their concerns with Lucasfilm partnering up with Quantic Dream. According, due to previous allegations, some users are opting not to cover the game as long as Cage is involved. So, Alex Damon from Star Wars Explained, one, one of my favorites. Alex Damon is one of my favorites. He says David Cage has a history of disgusting behavior, especially toward women in the queer community. Star Wars Eclipse reveal had me really excited, but we will not be covering the game while Cage is involved. And we support the fans behind hashtag Blackout Star Wars Eclipse. Uh, ben McDonald said, put simply, the involvement of Quantic Dream and David Cage in Star Wars Eclipse is concerning because of the studio and Cage's reputation of toxic workplace conditions and Cage's previous alleged Statements about women in the LGBTQ plus people. Hashtag Blackout Star Wars Eclipse. Molly Damon, Alex's wife, says, Lucasfilm likes to say Star Wars is for everyone, but that isn't the case with David Cage in charge of Quantic Dream. I'm sure there are good people working on the game. However, we won't be covering on the channel and support the hashtag Blackout Star Wars Eclipse movement. So... I, 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 I will not be playing this game. I will not be covering this game as long as he, as he is involved. And I feel like I should say why. And the truth is that I am bisexual. I have several friends in this community. And I would just feel gross playing this game and supporting this man who who hates people like me. I don't know why Disney... Like, this goes against everything I've ever heard about Disney internally. This is something... And, and this is something, like, I sh- want... I've wanted to bring for the last two and a half months or so since it came out, but... I just... Wasn't quite sure what to say. Whether I was comfortable saying on this show, because... Marvel, I'm just going to say the Marvel fan base is, you know, typically younger, more accepting than those in the Star Wars fan base. 
I say this as a, as a lifelong Star Wars fan. Someone who will continue to be a lifelong Star Wars fan. So... It, it's just something I haven't brought up. I, I wasn't sure. I wasn't sure how I would discuss it here. But we, as fans, as a community, deserve better. I, I've always heard that Disney is the most is like inclusivity and diversity is everything to them. It is everything to them. And I mean that's one of the reasons why I think why I think Kathleen Kennedy's still trying to make Rogue Squadron happen with Patty Jenkins. And I believe it's gonna be a great movie. I do. I love the first Wonder Woman. Second one was Well, we don't talk about that one. But these you can't deny that like it's important that you know, she's the first female Star Wars director of a feature film. I feel like that could be a reason why Kathleen Kennedy's still really trying to work with her. And that's awesome. I, again, I think she's a great director and she deserves it. But these two stories don't line up. These two stories don't line up. Of... That being the case internally at Disney. And then they work with David Cage. It's just something I don't like. I don't understand. I'm not going to say I don't understand it because I do. It's business. But it, it makes me really sad. Because this trailer is awesome. This trailer... For Star Wars Eclipse, it's awesome. It's freaking unbelievable. It This looks like the Star Wars game I've always wanted. But I have more respect for myself and for my friends than to support this person. So, that's all I'm going to say on that matter. And I, I believe that's honestly it for news. Uh, oh, you know what? We also have um, uh, Twitter accounts. S- private Twitter accounts have opened up for Kenobi and Andor. So, those Twitter accounts, if you, if you want to go request follow them, the accounts are at Obi-Wan Kenobi. And then at Star Wars and or. So if you want to go follow those, you can. Could that This could mean that we are seeing trailers here really quite soon. We could be seeing trailers very soon. For at least Kenobi. Which, uh, I know that there's a rumor going on on Twitter that we're getting a Kenobi trailer on, on Wednesday. I'm not going to conf- I, I I don't know. The, the answer is I don't know about that. Um, if it is... You know, we will cover it here. Because... Kenobi. A rot in the desert. So... Yeah. I, I think that's really it for news. I don't... I can't really think of anything else to talk about. Um... Other than... 
yeah, there's nothing really that's concrete here for us to, uh, to discuss, but, alright, time to go talk about the main topic for today's show, which is rounding out the book of Boba Fett. So, in our time off, I rewatched Book of Boba Fett, all seven episodes, and I loved it. I really, really liked this show. I think this show is really, really good. I, I, I may have overstated a bit when I said I loved it. I didn't love this show. But what was really shocking to me. I liked the first four more than the last three. And I urge everyone who wasn't as high on this show, now that it's all out, now it's all over, go back and rewatch it. Go back and rewatch this show. Now, I will still say. That chapter 6, From the Desert Comes a Stranger, is still probably the best 45 minutes of Star Wars we've ever gotten. Okay, that's still my favorite of all the episodes of Star Wars on Disney+. Plus, Of all 23 episodes. But it just doesn't fit with the rest of the series. You know, and that's the big thing. I didn't need two episodes of Mandalorian in the middle. I didn't need that. I didn't think they were necessary. So that's what really worked for me honestly was the more simple nature of it. I I, I love getting to learn more about the lore of, of Tatooine, the sons of Tatooine. I loved learning more about that. I loved... Honestly... That we got to explore a little bit more of the underworld. It, it, it left me wanting more. It left me wanting a season two. Which it looks like we could be getting. Because... The Book of Boba Fett... Was the... Um, let's go back to the news for a second. Because I forgot to talk about this. Um... <laughs> Um, the book of Boba Fett was like the number one in-demand show. So I'll just head back over to, um, the news here, uh, and we'll take a look at this. It's, it was the, uh, the most in-demand TV show from the week of February 19th to February 25th. You know, number one was Book of Boba Fett. Number two was Peacemaker. Which, my God, Peacemaker is awesome. I love that show so much. It is absolutely phenomenal. Anyway. Yeah, so... I love a season two for the show. I'd love season two for the show. Maybe, um... No... I don't know if it'll happen. I, I don't know if we're going to be getting a season two. Because, you know, 
you know, the fan response to season one left a lot, left a whole lot to be desired. Which made me sad because I think that a season two, a season two of the Book of Boba Fett could be really, really great. So I'm just trying to pull up the uh, the Rotten Tomatoes uh, final score here for season one. Oh yeah, so um, critic rating is sixty seven percent. It's still certified fresh at sixty seven percent. Audience at sixty percent. If that drops one percent lower, it'll be rotten. So yeah, um, but uh, honestly, I really did like the finale a whole lot on a second viewing of it. I thought that the finale worked... It it worked well for closing out this series. I didn't like it as much as the season two finale of The Mandalorian. I mean, and that was proven by the, uh, the numbers, the streaming numbers. What were the... Hang on, let's see if I can pull these up, because these numbers really did surprise me a whole lot when when I saw them. I believe it was like 33% more people watched the Book of Boba Fett finale uh, on opening on the on that first day than than Mandalorian did. Yeah, so according to Samba TV, uh, coming just from, from Deadline here, um, 1.5 million eligible households tuned in to watch the final episode of The Book of Boba Fett over its first five days on Disney+. Plus. Those same metrics clocked 1.1 million household views for the second season finale of The Mandalorian at the end of 2020. So... I think a lot of the hardcore fans maybe didn't like the show as much, but I I mean, casual audience members, I think really enjoyed this show. I think they really enjoyed the show. And just looking through the news here, there was actually, you know, in a few weeks, there's been a few things I haven't talked about, actually. So, um, first off, Kenobi has well we know who is uh composing the main opening title theme for obi-wan kenobi and that's john williams man just turned 90 a few weeks ago and he is back composing a star wars theme i mean this isn't all that different from what he did for solo of a few years back he made solo. He did that main theme for that movie. That was John Williams, and then you know John Powell did the rest of the score, but that main theme was John Williams. So it looks like that's gonna be the same thing that happens here. I don't think we know actually yet who's 
composing the show. But I'm, I'm excited. I'm excited. It's going to have to be someone who can go toe-to-toe with with the great John Williams, which you can't do. You, you can't do. But, yeah, it uh, looks like also John Watts is reportedly in talks to direct at least one episode of these of the uh, Grammar Rodeo untitled series as said to start shooting summer. So we talked about this a few weeks back. There's a show that's that that's set to start filming in June. Um, and at that point, Ahsoka will be filming. I believe Ahsoka starts filming next month. I believe Ahsoka starts next month. And then the Acolyte starts in May. And this other show that starts in, in June, it's not Lando. It's another series. Um, the working title of it is Grammar Rodeo. Now, that has nothing to do with the actual plot of the show. It's just a working title so, that people, so we don't know what the show actually is yet. But John Watts, director of, you know, the recent mega hit known as Spider-Man No Way Home, is directing at least one episode of this untitled series, which is really awesome. I think he did a really good job, um, you know, bringing the three Spider-Men together. I don't, th- I-, I think No Way Home has a lot of really cool, like, scenes that he directed. I think that he directed a lot of really cool sequences, but you look at it as, like, the whole film. Like, spoilers here for No Way Home, it's now for two and a half months now, and if you haven't seen it, I don't know what you're doing. You know, comparing the cinematography of Spider-Man No Way Home to that of the Batman. The Batman has gorgeous cinematography throughout all three hours of the movie. Throughout all three hours, has gorgeous cinematography. Now, No Way Home has a few scenes like that. Most notable of which being the scene after, spoilers, after Aunt May dies. And Peter is just not rooftop. The rain is falling. And there's that great scene with J.J. John Jameson. So, I'd like to see what John Watts can do with Star Wars. Again, I don't think that he's like the best director in the world. But... I mean, when two of the films you directed are literally Sony's two highest grossing films of all time, being Spider-Man No Way Home at number one and Spider-Man Far From Home at number two, you listen, you know? He's like, yeah, I I don't like you that. So, so yeah, that's, I believe that's actually it for news. I I believe that's actually it for news. So back to Boba Fett talk, sorry. Um, yeah, I was a really big fan of this show when everything was all said and done. I was a really big fan of the Book of Boba Fett. It wasn't the best Star Wars show. I, I, I still think The Mandalorian is better. I really liked the first four episodes. Really, the only singular scene... I didn't like was the scene in the kitchen where Boba Fett's like chasing the droid around and goes, do you know who I am? 
I am Boba Fett. Ah. And then, like, he just... I, th- I, th- I thought that was dumb. That's, I think, the only scene I didn't like. You know, I I really, really liked this show. I did. I thought this show was solid. And I can't wait for Kenobi. People, someone was asking me if um maybe the negative response to the Book of Effect could have a negative impact on Kenobi. No. I'm going to say no. A lot of people like to compare Star Wars to the MCU. Okay, I'll do that. I liked Eternals. I didn't love Eternals, but I liked it. The fact that Eternals was not the most well-received movie ever did not diminish hype in any way for Spider-Man No Way Home. No one skipped out on No Way Home because Eternals didn't blow your mind. So, no, Kenobi's going to be fine. Kenobi's going to be fine. If it's good, then it'll be great. But I I, I do think that Book of Effect could have been a lot better. Again, I still really liked it. It could have been a much better show. But it's hard to do that when there's already a better Boba Fett show out there and it's called The Mandalorian. It's hard to make a Boba Fett show interesting. You can't have him do Boba Fett things. He has to... He has to be like a crime boss. Which I don't think he really has to do, but still. So. Um... But yeah, I don't really think I have anything else to say on the topic. So, yeah, thank you guys so, so much for listening. Sorry for the long break. We'll be back um, this Friday with uh, some news and feedback talk. Yeah, uh, we we didn't get the boss's feedback. We didn't get the boss's feedback. I'm sorry about that. So, uh, yeah, thank you guys so, so much for listening. I'm Drew Gretsch. We'll have hopefully Michael or Yvonne in this next episode. Hopefully. So thank you guys just so, so much for listening. I'm your host, Drew Gretchen. May the force be with you always. I have spoken.